OTB. Probably days we were questioning maybe whether this would ever happen first. So now, you know, as I said, it's special and it'll be all undone. Is the only thing if you don't get over the line next week. So um, everything now is riding on that one. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Get all the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports It is Thursday's football show Nathan with you this evening There is live football on Fulham 1, Chelsea nil With the second half just underway at Craven Cottage The former Chelsea player Willian Opening the scoring for Fulham in the first half Chelsea a bit of a mess again Fulham hit the crossbar also in that first half As it stands, Fulham will go above Liverpool in the table And up to 6th What a job Marco Silva's doing Chelsea would stay 10th And could be down as low as 12th by the end of the weekend Pressure mounting on Graham Potter all eyes in London this weekend on the North London Derby that is on Sunday we will have full live commentary of that from half past four with Brian Kerr and Stephen Doyle another London Derby Chelsea against Crystal Palace uh, myself and Brian Kerr will bring you that one from two o'clock we are going to talk to Andrew Mangan of Ars Blog ahead of that Arsenal Tottenham game uh, in just a little while as Chelsea get themselves an equaliser right at the start of the second half at Craven Cottage an almighty goal scramble a free kick on the left hand side that almost caught the keeper out on the near post hit the post came back to Kaladu Koulibaly smashed it in from 5-6 yards out uh, landed on the goalkeeper was on the goal line and just about crept over everyone's eyes went to the referee and he looked at his watch and he has given the goal so Fulham won Chelsea won just a minute gone in the second half at Craven Cottage now the WSL returns this weekend as well after a month long break at a pivotal point in the season and some massive games on the opening weekend uh, the broadcaster Shabana Hearn is with us on the line good evening Hi, good evening, Nathan. How are you? I'm all right. So the lay of the land in the WSL before the break is that Chelsea were top of the table, 27 points after 10 games, uh, three clear of Arsenal, albeit having played a game more. Uh, Manchester United, two points further back. Uh, this weekend, then, there is the top of the table clash. Huge London derby at the Emirates Stadium. Over 40,000 tickets already sold. Arsenal against Chelsea. Is it too early to say that if Chelsea win this, it's all over? No, I don't think it is too early um, to say that, to be honest. Um, Chelsea are looking so strong going into the the Christmas break on the 23rd of December. They played PSG in the, the final group game of the Champions League and it was a solid performance. It was no perfect, Nathan, so... I look at Chelsea and I go, they had that slip up the first game of the season against Liverpool where they lost 2-0. And I don't think Emma Hayes will allow another one between now and the end of the season. Arsenal have had their slip up against Manchester United. I was at that game at the Emirates. And hopefully this visit to the Emirates on Sunday, 12 o'clock kickoff, could be an absolute belter for Arsenal. It's written in the stars. For them, you know, they're looking at 45,000 ticket sales now, possibly. There's the aim to get 50,000. Not sure if they will get that, but um, fingers crossed for Arsenal. They're down a few players, but hopefully the, the home side will, will spur them on for a win. We see this happening on a more regular basis and it's going to become more and more common you'd expect where the women's team are playing at what's traditionally been the men's stadium and getting massive crowds when they do it. You talk about Arsenal slipping up against Manchester United. Generally, when the teams are moving to the bigger stadium, has it been affecting their form positively or negatively? 
Positively, positively, I've noticed every team just rise to the occasion. Uh, other than Spurs, of course, who at the North London Derby, the Emirates were beaten 4-0 by Arsenal. That was a bad day at the office for them. But again, Arsenal are getting that experience more and more. I cannot believe how many times I've been to watch Arsenal at the Emirates in the last four months. It's absolutely brilliant, I have to say. I'm, I'm, I'm so on board with it. It feels like Arsenal... Uh, what's going on there behind the scenes at the minute is is hitting all the right notes. They're making sure that the women, when that stadium is free, even if it's a day before uh, a men's fixture, they're making sure that they can occupy the stadium. So they're, they're doing it all the right way. I'm seeing all teams, I think, rise to the occasion. Arsenal specifically, Manchester United and that on that occasion coming to the Emirates brought their, their travelling support. They had the corner down in front of me. Uh, with all the fans bundled together and they enjoyed the day out as much as everyone and of course that journey home to Manchester would have been merry for them Um, but Arsenal women are getting more and more used to it and and so are the staff so are the fans it's becoming the new normal and I love it Uh, Arsenal have had their problems with injury two real high profile ACL injuries Beth Mead and Vivian Miedema within just a few weeks of each other Uh, they allowed Jordan Nobbs to leave the club as well over the past month, but they have reinforced the sort of quality. Like, is it just impossible to replace the quality of a Beth Mead and Vivian Miedema? In the form that Beth Mead is in, you cannot replace her. Um, I'm, I'm so pleased for Beth and the season that she's had. Uh, and it's so, it's so sad. And I think everybody feels for her that personally with this ACL injury, and um, with her personal struggles at the moment, that it's just the absolute height, you know, of her career meets the the hardest time of her life as well. Um, and I'm I'm I don't think Beth can be replaced, but what you can do is bring in players with hunger and experience, um, who are willing to just get into part of the squad and the way Jonas Edeval is is running the show, um, and and hopefully push Arsenal on. Um, Viviana Miedema had had a quiet second half of the season last season. I felt since coming back from her break that she was granted off at the club had again returned that form and I'd interviewed her um, ahead of a Champions League fixture when I said what was it about that break what what was it that you needed and she said I needed to go away and be okay with the fact that I shouldn't be the pressure or that winner every single time and if I have a bad game it's okay she needed to go away and regroup and have that time to herself she needed that mental break and physical break. She had COVID, of course, during the Euros and just has so many games and was very honest that she was struggling about that. Um, hit this form when she returned from that break and then another ACL injury just a few weeks after her partner, Beth Mead. So it's, it's very sad. I don't know how you replace talent like that, but it feels like Jonas Edeval and the squad that he's got at the minute um, you know, can, can definitely still challenge. He's brought in uh, Katarina Kuhl, young Danish player. She was exceptional to watch um, during the Euros. Palova coming in and Gio, um, the Brazilians, being recalled from Everton as well. So even though we're hearing more about the big players um, in terms of Jordan Nobbs, Beth England, this transfer window, Eurice uh, Deval is going about his business and is planning you know, to make sure that they're still on track despite being missing your world-class players like Viviana Miedema and Beth Mead. There was a really interesting interview on Koi Gig before Christmas with Professor Joanne Parsons talking about ACL injuries and why female players are more susceptible to ACL injuries. The clubs must be putting a lot of investment into this research because it is costing their players so much game time and it just seems to be 
every week, every fortnight, another mm-hmm. big player. And maybe it's because the players are becoming more recognisable and now we take note more often. And the fact it's a World Cup year as well. But it is such a shame that, as I say, week in, week out, some of these top players are, are suffering such horrific injuries. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we actually, this is this is terrible and sounds tasteless. Um, and that's not what's intended here. But there was a, a few of us in a production team who were able to put together a start and 11 of Champions League players who are out with ACL injuries. You had a start and 11 team. You were just mes- missing a centre midfielder. That's how bad it is at the minute. And, you know, another thing as well, that when we're watching the games, that when Viviana Miedema done her ACL, actually we were able to look at each other, you know, a few of us on the side and, and acknowledge that looks like an ACL injury. You know, you're, you're seeing it more and more frequently. What you say there about clubs investing, Nathan, you would absolutely hope so. I had a um, was in, in a good conversation with Emma Hayes just before the Christmas break ahead of that Champions League final fixture in the group stage against Paris Saint-Germain. And she said, look, we don't have time to go into the absolute depths of this because, you know, it's still not proven. What is it? Is it the boots that they're wearing? Is it the menstrual cycle? Is it hormones? Is it something else? Is it because women are built differently? There's so many ways that you can look at this. And the truth is they don't have all the facts correct mm. yet. So, um, yeah, the teams need to get on top of that. Scientists need to get on top of that, sports scientists, and, and hope that they can find the answer for the women because I just uh, it's just been constant at the minute and it's just awful for all these players involved. You mentioned Beth England there, um, signed for Tottenham over the transfer window. Uh, a record fee they're talking about for this. So what what sort of money is a record fee in the women's game right now? Well, Beth England's transfer is reportedly 250000 um from Chelsea to Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, breaking the record that of Lauren James from Manchester United to Chelsea last season. So we're seeing this more and more often. The one before that was Pernilla Harder to Chelsea um, as well. So uh, we are starting to see it more and more often. Um, I don't know what that means in terms of Bethany England's wages. Um, but, you know, I was speaking to Dean Saunders, um, a bit of a legend, a Wales legend. And he said to me, I was telling him about this transfer. And he went, oh dear, well, the women's game's going places if the transfers are like this now. So I think a lot of people are encouraged to see that, that you know, the money's coming in now in mm. that department. And um, it, it is exciting for the women's game and fair play to Bethany England. Um, I watched the One Team, One Dream documentary um, on the zone, and uh, it featured Bethany England coming off the season where she won player of the season, scored how many goals in the WSL, she was the top scorer. Um, to then Chelsea signing Sam Kerr and how difficult that was for her knowing that they were signing a world-class striker even though she had done the job um, and that competition, you know, playing off of, you know, the, the competition coming into the club and fighting for your spot. I think she's remained the utmost professional. She doesn't put a foot wrong. She's a complete athlete. So I think her getting this move to Spurs, um, it's an excellent signing from Rianne Skinner um, to Spurs. They need somebody up front. They need that out-and-out striker. So, fingers crossed it works for her. Uh, Manchester United-Liverpool is the other standout game of the weekend. United third in the table. Certainly uh, not out of it. And we'll probably be cheering on Arsenal at the weekend as well to take points out of Chelsea. Uh, Liverpool are down yeah. in ninth. Uh, United's a real success story over the past couple of years. Go on. Just that there was a lot of question marks, I think, about the club's attitude for so long towards the mm. women's game that an investment has come yeah. and the success has followed pretty quickly on the pitch. Yeah, no, it has. And they've brought in a manager in Matt Beard, who, of course, used to manage at Liverpool, Liverpool before, who's so experienced within the WSL. 
I like what he's doing. I've watched the performances. He's got the right people in the right places, young emerging talent. And there's a good vibe at that club. Your Republic of Ireland international, Leanne Kiernan, uh, Megan Campbell, who's got that dangerous throw-in. Um, and Nathan, uh, you need to Google it if you haven't, just YouTube her throw-ins. I mean, they're just, it's a lethal weapon. It has been for Republic of Ireland. Oh, and their the, the night up in Hampden Park was one of the most insane oh. things I've ever seen. Yeah, it's still the only time I've ever been at a game where the ball has ended up in the back of the net from a throw-in. Oh, she's, she, she is. She's absolutely uh, spectacular. We were having a great discussion about her yesterday. Um, myself and um, my sister, Risha Littlejohn, who plays for Republic of Ireland, and uh, a few journalists who cover the women's game. And, you know, any manager could take her, you know, now, because to have that throw-in, and, you know, Risha was saying as well, it's the chaos that comes after it. Is it the flight of the ball? Um, okay, it does the job arguably better than what a free kick can do but every player who it's coming towards there's this disarray there's this panic there's this chaos coming off the back of this throw-in so um she's a she's a secret weapon Leanne Kiernan god love her um has been struggling with an injury but we interviewed her recently as well and she was just saying that the vibes the positivity um around Liverpool at the moment they're really ticking and they're getting on very well and they're gelling um he's made some interesting moves as well this window Manchester United though for me, I just think have been exceptional um, this season. Of course, Ella and Alessia Russo, the Lioness heroes, um, haven't wavered. You know, they've stepped up every single game. Uh, Nikita Paris as well, Mary Erpson goal, um, the Lioness goalkeeper. I, I can't really fault the spine of that team at Manchester United just now. Uh, could there be an upset? You know, could Liverpool steal a point? It would be great. It'd be great for the table, that's for sure. It'd be good for Arsenal. Um but just what I've seen from Manchester United recently, other than that loss against Chelsea, which can be expected, they have been brilliant. Uh, you mentioned Ruisha a moment ago, your sister, and I'm wondering on the real focus we're going to have now on the build-up to the World Cup and squad selection and players being in form, but also players getting game time, which Vera Powell has spoken about consistently. She wants players playing week in, week out, and you know Ruisha got her spot in the middle of that Irish team, picked up the injury... Who should we be keeping an eye on over the coming months then who can force their way into the starting eleven, force their way into the squad, or players who just need to be careful that they get enough game time over the next four or five months? I mean, it's that it's that competitive, you know, and I, I, Risha was at mine just uh, a couple of hours ago and I was asking what's the, the status this week with the injury. Um, of course, she broke her foot in that Finland game in, in Tala uh, from kickoff. Came away, came away from that, recovered from that, and came back with some calf strain. So there, there are players who are, you know, coming back from injury or wanting to get back. The club wanting to get them back, and that's setting them back. You know, it's getting these minutes managed correctly. Um, Ireland's going to the the World Cup and opening in Australia in Sydney against the Matildas for me is just going to be a dream come true. If I can watch my sister play in mm. the midfield or come on in that game. I can't tell you the state that we're going to be in. You know, it's just exceptional. It's it's really exceptional. Uh, but there's pressure on players then to make sure they're available, make sure they're fit, make sure they're getting these minutes. Um, and your body sometimes can suffer under that pressure. Um, so it's making sure that they all get that right. But there's a, a talented squad there. I think the job that Vera Powell has done, um, Katie McCabe, your captain, um, all setting and leading by example, Denise O'Sullivan, um, it's a young team um, that ex- they're experienced at the same time. They've caused shocks along the way. You know, let's just 
keep going, keep going. I don't, I don't want to jinx anything um, for anybody, but um, everybody just got to keep doing their job and having com- having competitiveness within a team will only bring out the best of the players, you would think. Yeah, it is going to be really interesting. We we're just talking about it off air when we come to squad announcement time and it does look as though they're going to stick with the 23 players. I know Vera Powell is very keen that would replicate the men's mm. where to go up to 26 because because of the amount of injuries Ireland ended up with in the latter stages. She ended up using an awful lot of players. So actually, there are a considerable number of players who've had game time or been around squads that are going to be there on that line and Vera Powell is going to have several sleepless nights, I'd suspect, before she picks that final 23. Oh, sleepless nights I'll join her in that ahead <laughs> of that announcement I honestly just I, I think when Ruisha so, has to be very um, confident that if she gets herself fit because she became such a key part of that team as you say in the latter stages in particular like that game against Finland was such a massive game she was picked but yeah. it's interesting you mentioned the stress because I'm sure she's like so many players that international football means everything this is a world cup it's a once in a lifetime that oh. To get that balance yeah. in her head of, I want to be fit, I need to be fit, but also I can't stress myself while getting fit. Yeah, and it goes back to the old saying that you know your body best, you know, and, and Rush's club, Aston Villa, the final game um, before the Christmas break there had three players on the bench. You know, she, they are in the middle of an injury crisis. So signing Jordan Nobbs and signing Lucy Staniforth weren't exactly, exactly luxury signings. They absolutely need them ready and available to start in the return of the season. Um, and Rusha, like many others in that squad, are fighting to be fit. You know, and, and it's making sure that then you're available for your club. And then when you go back and you get injured at the club, that will annoy your country, you know, and your country's manager because they want you ready and then they can't take you. It's this, it is a cycle and there's a lot of pressure on these players. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I, what a conversation I had there with, with Rusha the other day was, you know, you know your body best. Um, but she has a dream and that is to absolutely be present in that World Cup, you know, is to be there and to be part of it. She's so patriotic. I know that sounds bizarre coming from maybe the most Glaswegian voice you've heard over the last 24 mm. hours, but she is so patriotic and proud, you know, to represent Ireland and to be part of the journey. And I was at the game at Hamden next to her and we had seats and we were with my mum and my dad and my sister my brother, all of us there, next to Katie McCabe's family and, and so many of the other girls, um, Rihanna Jarrett, who, you know, hopefully will be making her way back into the side as well. And and Risha got up and, and she went to the, the back at one of the exits um, and just couldn't watch. She just was, I've never seen her like that. I've never seen her as animated, as emotional, as passionate, as keen as that I'd seen that in that moment, it was like looking at a different person. You know, she was so clear with her emotions. What you might hear about as a joker, and um, you know, that always that we always joke. She's a bit of a class clown, and you know, <laughs> but she's so serious at the same time. And I love that about her personality. But I see her now, the most focused athlete I've I've seen in the last few years, than I've seen all of her life. But that moment when uh, Amber Barrett scored. And those final 10 minutes when Scotland were coming, they were coming, they just weren't, and, you know, Ireland held them off, they defended for their lives, and that full-time whistle, the tears, the elation, she dropped her knees. It was like, we're going to the World Cup, and it was, honestly, I just, I I then cried watching her, and cried seeing her going up to Katie, and seeing her hugging Vera, and you just think, these women have been on such a journey, you know, from when Rusha joined Ireland, to you know, the, going to Emma Byrne, leading that strike uh, and making sure that was done properly. That, that is a pivotal moment to everything that Emma Byrne and those players done for Ireland and young women, 
grown up young girls now and making sure that those changes were made that their voices were heard sky ireland getting involved the coverage that you guys give it and the attention that you pay has changed the shape of ireland women you've brought in the right players the right characters the right leaders and playing good football you know well football that's definitely getting them there one step closer every single time and then making history um and in such a short space of time it wasn't that long ago you know was it seven years ago six years ago was the strike Mm. um you know from getting changed and not even from getting changed in the toilets you know at at the airports to pick up your tracksuits there you know all of these little changes to getting paid to the men sacrificing their wages so the women could get the equal pay in their games i was it's just been quite a journey they've been on and the fact that they're at the world cup shows when you put in you will get out and Ireland, Republic of Ireland are starting to get that. And I honestly, I'm so proud I could just sit and cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I think uh, you, you brought back the emotion of the night brilliantly there. And, uh, you know, I think we all really hope that Risha, that it all goes well over the next few weeks. She gets back to full fitness. She gets some game time and uh, is a big part of that Ireland team. And I'm sure uh, you and the family will have some good nights in Sydney uh, around that Australia game as well. Uh, Shaban, brilliant to talk to you as always. Enjoy the return of the WSL. Enjoy the weekend and we'll talk to you again soon. Oh, Nathan, I digressed. I went off on a World Cup monologue. It's all right. Here, listen, we can't have have enough uh, tangents on the World Cup and the qualification and thinking about Amber Barrett's goal all over again. Great stuff. (laughs) Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.